Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Today is going to be a standalone message. We don't do these very often, but today is going to be one of those days, and I'm excited about it. I really have trusted the Lord a lot with today's message. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into the message. I hope that you're ready today. I want you to turn your Bible, please, to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. I always drink a co- think of coffee whenever I, I hear that. Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 12 and verse 25 is where we're going to start. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25, it says this, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen. And I want to just stop right there just for a second. Like, Like sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, Pastor, boy, it just seems like you're hearing from God a lot and and God speaks to you and God doesn't speak to me and I haven't heard from God like that and, and that, 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 and and, and there can be a lot of different reasons, you know, why that is. One of the potential reasons could be because the last time he did speak to you, you didn't listen. And so, so there's, two, there's two things. Either A, you're not hearing from God, so you can't listen. Or B, you don't have your spiritual ears on, your spiritual eyes to see what it is that the Spirit of the Lord is saying, come on, that's scriptural right there. That's not just Travis, just that's fancy words. Come on, God, give us spiritual eyes and ears that we may see and hear what it is that you're doing. But I can tell you a place that you don't want to be. You don't want to be in a place where you've, you've heard, but you're not listening. And this is what this is saying. It says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. And one is capital one, so we know who that's from. Uh, for if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses. So once again, they heard, but they didn't listen. Um, the earthly messenger, Moses was an earthly messenger, then we will certainly not escape if we reject the one, capital O-N-E, who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise Once again, this is the promise, once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that the only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For God is a devouring fire. Now, listen, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And when I visit my dad in the in the um, in the summers, we would go to a very Pentecostal church. And in this church, one of the things that they talked to a lot about uh, is they talked about the end times, the second coming of Jesus and 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 always attached to the end times and the second coming of Jesus was this idea that in the end times everything that can be shaken will be shaken. I don't know why they were why they were twins and kind of partnered together, 
But I do see some of that happening today. There's many people, not many people, don't, don't blow this out of proportion, Travis. Just tell them the truth. There's a few people that I have spoken to recently, people that have been raised in the church, people that, that have loved God, got married in the church, raised their kids you know, to wherever they are in the, in the church, and in and, and, and any way, there's been a separation from the church. And whenever I have had conversation with these people that have this incredible history with the church, a legacy of being passed on from one generation to another generation in the church, these are the, this is the thing that is being spoken from these people. And that thing is this. I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. That has happened this year a few times for me, and maybe it has happened in your conversations as well. There's been a foundation. That foundation has been shifted and shaken, and now they're at a place where they're saying, I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. And I believe that the closer that we get to the incoming, we're going to see a falling away of people that know, and they're going to turn their back on on the things of God, but at the same time that there's a shift, a turning away from, there are going to be people that have had no legacy, that, that they've never been raised in a family that taught them about the love of Jesus. There's going to be a huge harvest that comes in of brand new faith believers because the Spirit of God being poured out, come on, in that significant time, at that significant moment. So while there's a falling away, which breaks my heart, there's also going to be an incredible harvest of brand new souls that, that, that didn't have any upbringing whatsoever. And I think that that's, I think that's incredible. But I want you to know this, that there is an earthly shaking that's taking place, you know, right now. If somebody says to me, if they were to say to me, oh man, we've been here before and just kind of looking back on, on all that's happened this year, like I sense something more happening than what we can visually see. I don't understand it. I sense it. I sense that there's there's more. Um, I mean, I see what I see, and that's enough to you, you, you know what I mean to 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 cause confusion to a lot of people, to break people's hearts, to strike fear into people. But I'm telling you what, I sense something beneath the surface that is in, it's, it's greater than, than what we're able to see and experience. And, and, and while I sense it, I don't understand it all, but I do know this, that there's something big taking place. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I do believe that it has everything to do with with uh, with a lot of things with the you know, we're getting closer to the end time. And that's an exciting thing. You know, how crazy is it that you are alive during this time? You know, I, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but. But it sure seems like a lot of things are happening. If somebody told me, no, 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 I don't feel any different. I don't, I honestly, I probably wouldn't say this to their face, but I would think they, this person just lives life with their head in the sand. Like they, they, they're just unaware of, 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 of everything. I mean, it's a very strange place that, that we're in. And so with the coronavirus, I mean, that the, these are some of the, the, the things that we can see, the coronavirus, you know, causing fear and, and, and confusion. And while it is absolutely real and people are getting sick, I got sick, 
Tina got sick. Praise the Lord. We went through it. No, bro, I know a lot of people here have gotten sick. My heart breaks for the people who have gotten sick. And it's been the very thing that has caused them to go on to, you know, to be with the Lord. It's, it's, it's certainly hard. I don't understand it. You know, one person, like we had it. Um, and my son was in the same home around us the whole time. And he never, he, he's not had it once. And, and it's just, it's wild. And why it can affect one person, you know, just minimally, another person causes all kinds. So it's very real. Like, it's real, right? It's not, a, it's not something that's made up. There's no conspiracy theory of somebody, you know, just saying, oh, the hogwash. Anybody have a grandma that ever said hogwash? Anybody still trying to figure out what that meant? Uh, yeah. So, so it's real, but let me just say this. I'm going to be careful. I know I'm going to get this used against me, and, and, and please don't use it against me. But I also know that people have taken this real thing, and they've exploded it, and they've magnified it, and they've made it greater than really what it is to strike fear, division, uh, discomfort, confusion, into the world that we that we live in. And I'm not that person that's saying that we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that and let's get away. I'm just saying, listen, let's use the mind, come on, that God has given us. There is there's some intention now. There's some things also that I don't have my pulse completely on that are taking place where this is the head of the spear that is being used to cause some 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 things to take place that are not of God in the heart of the person. Come on, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Come on, but of power and of love and a sound mind, right? And so, so he, he's not about confusion. God is not about division. Come on, this thing has affected so many different people in so many powerful ways. Like people are dividing over this thing. People that have that have that, that their unity is in the faith, they can't even they can't even walk together and talk together anymore because they have a different belief system and it's all brought to light in and through this 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 coronavirus. And so, so it's, it's, it like, like it's not being used for the good. It's being highlighted, come on, to break down and to destroy and to challenge the very things that, 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 that if you don't realize it now, that you're going you're gonna to see when they're gone, it, it, the beautiful things that we have possessed in, our, in, our, in just being a, a nation that is free and have all these great liberties. Like, if you don't appreciate it now, you will miss it when it's gone. And, and I'm just saying that, that there's just some funky stuff going on. I can't tell you what it is, but something's happening. And so when something's happening, we need to be lifters up of our head. And that's the time that we need to be spirit-led more than anything. Because I'm not smart enough, you know what I mean, to, you know, to, 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 to get this thing figured out. But I am smart enough to trust that the Lord, come on, will lead me by His Spirit into all truth and understanding. 
You know, I don't have to be foolish about anything, but I can have wisdom in areas that I don't even know anything about. And so the title of my message today is anything that can be shaken will be shaken. Uh, I can't even take credit because that's the Bible verse and and uh, I, I wasn't even creative, but all that can be shaken will be shaken. Aristotle said this, he said, nature hates a vacuum. And while that's hard to kind of understand um, anything that has been taken from you at any time. Our nature is, is that we hate that. Like we like to get things and keep things, right? And something, something's taken from you. Our nature is, is that we hate that. And, 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 and once again, whether you realize it or not, 2020 has robbed some things from you. You know, I never thought that I would ever, you know what I mean, be limited in my ability as a U.S. citizen. While I've been in countries where, you know, Nicaragua and, and, and many different countries as such to where you just don't Cuba, you can't just get up and go whenever you want to go. I never thought in my life that my ability to travel, as long as I had money to do so, would be in question. I never thought that I would have to deal with not being able to go here and not being able, you know, to do, you know, to do that. Come on. There have been some things that have been robbed and stripped from us. And I, I came up with this with this term. When we have things that have been taken from us, I thought this was pretty creative. I'm going to call it replacement therapy. We tend to replace what has been taken with something else. And the truth is. Um, and, and I'll even be honest, whenever I deal with struggling with something that has been ripped from me, typically my go-to, and I hate even saying this, but is to replace it with something that's bad. I'll just use a simple one like food. I, 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 something's, you know, I'm stressed out, I'm struggling because I'm dealing with the hardship, and my replacement, and this is the best bad replacement, is food. And so I have, I, have a, I have a belief system that most people, whenever things have been robbed from you and taken from you, you also have a tendency to replace those things. Hopefully it's with good things, but I would almost say that the majority of us replace them with, with, with bad things. You know, some people, whenever things are ripped and stolen from you, you will return to the very thing that God has delivered you from. Man, I haven't drank alcohol in five years. And then all of a sudden, something is ripped and stolen from you, and you find yourself going by and getting a fifth and just kind of putting it in the backseat. Nobody else knows about it, but you've got it, and you just take a little, ah, it's not that terrible. It's not that big of a deal. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just shock everybody, and I know my wife's not I'm going to be able to deal with it because she's got the brunt of everything. Or you stop by and you get a tall boy. And then the next week you get a tall boy. And then the next week you're getting a couple of them. And you're, you're kind of going out on the desert. And you're just kind of parking or in the middle of a, of, a, of a field or something. You're just parking and you're having a moment. you got to have a moment because now this is part of your coping. When your coping was Jesus Christ and him crucified only. And prayer and God, I'm going to trust you. You are my deliverer. You are my 
Savior and you who is the one who I'm going to trust in, right? And so, so the replacement or, or, or a bad relationship, it's like, man, I got issues in my home and, and, and I'm just tired of fighting with my wife. And then all of a sudden that girl, that pretty little girl, man, she's making me feel like I'm 20 years old again. And then all of a sudden you're having conversations that you ought not be having because why? And it just leads to something else and something else. And you, the replacement therapy is always trying to take care of the flesh most of the time. Not always, I guess. But all I'm saying is most of the time we're looking for something bad to replace what's been stripped. And I'm just saying, if you haven't identified, I'm going to identify it for you. Things have been stripped from you this year. Things are different. You can't live like you lived in 2019. You can't do what you did in 2019, right? Your family maybe have been stripped. Your, 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 your friends have been stripped. Maybe you've lost your job. Thank the Lord we live in Idaho. Praise God, somebody. This is the promised land. I believe this is the promised land. And Rupert and Burley and Hayburn and this whole area, this Magic Valley, is the promised land. I'm telling you, thank the Lord for agriculture. And, and, and you know what I mean? We're not being hit like some other places are being hit with their loss of jobs and things like that. However, there are people that are losing their jobs, and I think that it's our responsibility to get creative, to help one another, to unify. When, when the devil's saying, listen, I'm going to use this to divide, and I'm going to use this to separate, I, then, then the church has a, an amazing privilege and an opportunity to come together and say, not on my watch. We're going to unite. We're going to divide. Come on, the, the majority of us can take care of, of the ones that are really struggling. It's my responsibility. This is my brother. This is my sister. And I'm going to do my part, hoping that somebody else does their part. No, by the end of the day, the part is going to be completely handled in whole and full and everybody's going to be just fine. Amen. I'm just telling you, thank God we live where we do. But I'm telling you also that there's an internal shaking as well as there's an external shaking. There's some issues that people are having and they're replacing it with, with, uh, with, with things that are, that are not good. You may know what this is. It's water. We know it's water because we identify the bottle that it's in, right? And we also, it's amazing, it says drinking water. I know you can't see that, but it says drinking water on this. And so, so uh, I want you to know that just because it's labeled water uh, doesn't mean that it's necessarily water. I remember when I was drinking all the time, um, I used to like to play pool. I was thinking pretty good at it. Still probably could beat you today. Um, <laughs> haven't played it in a long time, but I spent a lot of time at a pool table. And, uh, and, and I remember a friend of mine, we had had way too much to drink. And, and we, it was well into the evening, and a friend of mine took um, uh, what he thought was his beer. He took his beer, and he picked it up, and he slammed it, finished it, only to realize that it was somebody's spittoon um, that they had. That they had <laughs> I was waiting all day just to say that. I just wanted to. I, uh, see, the, the reason why you have an issue with that is because some of you have done the same thing. Uh, I am almost certain of it, but this is the deal is, is that sometimes just because it's in a container and just because it's got a label does not mean that it's necessarily what it, what it says. In fact, this is coming to me right now. Um, this, the, the, we'll call it prophetic. 
probably not, just because I know people. Some of you have probably been into football games and basketball games and things like that. And maybe you took a bottle of water like this and you poured out the water and then you put another substance in the water that looked like water. It was clear, but you could have a little bit better fun at the football game or whatever it was that you were wanting to do. So just once again, just because the bottle is, you know, it's identifiable, the label is readable, doesn't necessarily mean that, that, that what's in the bottle is, is what it's saying. And all I'm saying is this, is that you can be that same way. You can be that same way. You can come in here, and I can come in here, and how are you doing? And I've done it. I don't even have to. I can. I can. I have. I have been asked by people in this church, man, how are you doing? And I'm like, bro, how are you? So good. I, like, I turn it right back on them because I don't have very many good things to say about where I'm at at that, at that particular time. And all I am saying is, is that in this shaking that's taken place and in the, in the turmoil, especially if there's been some replacement that has been, that has been happening, right, right? Like this morning in first service, like it just hit me, like a picture of somebody that had been delivered from pornography had returned to pornography because the stress and the pressure. You see, you really don't even know what what's inside of this until it is it is under it's under it's shaken up or it is it is pressurized and then what the bible says is what's on the inside comes to the outside and you're like dang that is not even what this guy was saying was inside and i'm just saying that we stand in a in a day in a place where if you've got some funk and some junk inside of you now is the time to address it not tomorrow not a week from now now is to repent of your sins get right with god Take your position in the Lord because there is an advancement that is, that, is, that is happening right now and it's fixing to happen even more. It's been happening since, since Jesus died on the cross, but we're in a critical place right now, come on, where people have to be about God's business. Come on, I don't want to be, come on, if I knew that he was coming five years from now, that would be like giving me a death sentence. Like if I knew that I only had five years to live, like I knew the day and the time that my last day was going to be on this planet, I guarantee you I would get rid of things that don't matter and I would spend my time more intentionally because I already knew it was limited. And I'm telling you this, that time is limited. And it is time to be a part of the things that truly matter. Jaina had come up to me after our, our, our pre-morning meeting, and I asked, the, I asked the, 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 the leaders in the church, I was like, hey, listen, what's been stripped? You know, what have we lost you know, this, last, this last year? And people were sharing, and everybody had something powerful and good you know, to share. But she'd come back in afterwards. She was been thinking about it, and it drove her to the point where she had to share it. So she'd come back in. Afterwards, and, and, and she was and she just began to share that uh, is something that God had shown her, I believe. And that is this, that if it's not important right now, then it's not important at all. And how we can how we can get so busy and tied up and and just messed up with being so busy with things that truly aren't important, that aren't going to have maybe an eternal value. And we can miss out on the things that 
are so important because we're so busy with all those things that, that are just, you know, peripheral. And I thought to myself, wow, that is so good. And so anyway, moving on, point number one is this. You're like, we're only at point number one of 10, and you've already been speaking this long. My goodness. Number one is we need to stop assuming and start appreciating. Come on, we assume a lot of things. Once again, I never assumed that I would ever be in a position where going to church was threatened. Thank God we live in this great state called Idaho. There have been, there have been pastor friends of mine that pastor in different states, and they haven't met as a church family in months. And it hurts. And guess what? I just want to take just a moment with our online church and say, listen, I am loving this right here, but I am missing you. And while I am so grateful for online church, I want you to know that you are essential to me and you're essential to these other people because we need one another. And we haven't done this very well. We've come up short as far as sharing life and doing life together better. But my prayer is, is that quickly the Lord would teach us, come on, how how to do life and community together again. And I just want you to know online that we love you and we're grateful for online. But I want you to know that whenever you can come back, come on, please come back. Come back whenever you feel safe. Come on, when you feel secure, because we absolutely miss you and we need you. And so we assume things. The Bible, you know, talks about in Second Chronicles chapter 7. And 14, everybody knows this, when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And so, so we go right to that. We got it posted on our refrigerator, we probably got bumper stickers, got it highlighted in our Bible, but we fail to read verse 13, which talks about all of the pestilence and all of the plagues and all of the troubles that these people are dealing with, all of the added pressures of life. And then the word of the Lord says that when my people, uh, any born again believers here today, if you're a born again, then that means that you're, you're his people. When my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then. So there's a if and a then. So if you'll do these things, then I will heal here from heaven and I will heal their land. This comes to us at a point of pressure and struggle and difficulty. And I just know for a fact that some of us are in that place right now. And so the word of the Lord says, listen, Come on, if you're feeling the pressure, if you're struggling spiritually, if you've got problems in your family, then I want you to put the solution together. And that solution is, is humble, pray, seek, turn, and then God will do what he was called to do. Amen. What he will do. And uh, once again, let's stop assuming things. And let's start being grateful. Come on for some things. Amen. Sometimes it's crazy when we are when you're overly and abundantly blessed. It's hard to appreciate the things that, that are just commonly overlooked. And this is one reason why I feel like every single person on the planet should go to a third world country at some point and do a mission trip and serve other people because you will come home with an appreciation of the things that you have completely overlooked. 
come on, you know, you, you, you've taken for granted, come on, and, 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 and so, so you'll come home like things like just running water, uh, hot water, my goodness. Yeah, when I was in the Philippines and, and in the Marine Corps and, and I had an apartment out in town and, and, uh, and my apartment had a bathroom and the bathroom had a hole in the floor. It was tiled. It was like a super nice bathroom, but it just had a hole in the floor. And, and it had what was called, we called it a Joe shower. They even called it a Joe shower. What that was, was it was a cold bucket of water that was brought from some place. I have no idea where they got it. We had people that would bring them a cold bucket of water and a scoop. And it was so stinking cold, it felt like they got it out of the ice chest. And, and you would just take the quickest showers in the world, but I guarantee you'd be awake for two days. And, um, and so I'm grateful for hot water and warm water and running water um, at that. But I'm telling you also, as a United States citizen, we can also think that our blessing comes because we've been so good. And I'm just saying that's crazy. It, it doesn't come because we've been so good. It comes because God is so good. And, and, and I think there's a grave responsibility, you know what I mean, for that. But 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 says this. What are you so puffed up about? I love this. This is the living Bible. What are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? You know, we could forget that, that, that because we think that we're just so smart and just the way that we are, that we have built this incredible whatever it is that we have for ourselves. But I'm telling you that the reason you have those good things is because God is so good to you. And it's time that you start appreciating and I start appreciating the things that are important. How many of you appreciate your family? How many of you men appreciate your wives? I appreciate my wife. How many of you appreciate your kids, even though sometimes they drive you nuts? Right. But you appreciate them uh, every single time I get tired. And, and when my kids were little, when I would get tired of my kids, the Lord was so good to remind me that they are so much better than I was. You know, and I'm like, OK, Lord, I got more patience now. But my kids, every single one of them was a better kid than I was to my parents. Point number two, turn from being self-sufficient to being God dependent. If you go on that mission trip that I'm sharing with you about, one thing that you will see is, is that, that, that people that relatively, I mean, we would say they have nothing materially, but they've got a lot of things that we don't have. Um, some of these people are the most happy, um, beautiful, content people that you will ever, ever meet in your entire life, and these people have really nothing. I've got a couple of pictures I want to show you. I've been to Uganda a few times, and I remember about 15, 16 years ago, I went on my first trip to Uganda, and, um, and, and I come into Uganda, and I, I uh, uh, you know, the, it was midnight, 1 o'clock, the, the bus drive drops me off at a shack, a shanty, they call it a pastor's quarters, I was like, great, they got bunk beds in there, there's a bunch of other people, the reason I could tell is because they snored, it was terrible, um, and, uh, and, and anyway, they say this is, you know, they're being real quiet, dark lights are completely out, um, th that's your bunk up there, their bunk beds are not OSHA approved, I guarantee it, this thing was about, 
it was about, it uh, felt like about 12 feet off of the ground, and they had just built it. Like, they were just so proud, and they built this, but they put the safety bar against the wall, and so it was complete. Now, listen, my wife and I, we sleep on a big king-size bed, and in the middle of the night, I go searching for her if I can't feel her, and so I guarantee you that this is what happened. I'm in this little bed that's about 12 feet off the ground, and I went searching, and I woke up. I woke up when I flat-backed on, on the hard concrete floor. I'm telling you, the Lord preserved my life. That's when I woke up, and then all of a sudden, I've seen the blackest Africans uh, over me. Some of them were praying for me, and some of them, were, some of them had fear in their eye, like, what happened? And, and, um, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful time because I didn't get hurt. I didn't have to find a hospital. You know, God... God took care of me, but I'm telling you that, that immediately when I got out the next day, these are some of the pictures of the people, people that had, like kids. There was one kid that had the finest toy that had just come out that year. It was a, it was a wheel off of a motorcycle, just the, just the rubber portion of the wheel, and he had a stick that probably his grandpa or somebody cut with him, and he would take and he would run all over the village with that wheel just pushing that wheel along and that was the best toy of any of the kids and so all the other kids were trying to get that toy from him I saw people um, uh, weaving uh, balls out of sticks and and I'm like what are you making what do you make oh we're making a you know a ball and then for hours and hours and hours they would play soccer in the in the streets that were just dirt streets but some of the happy come on some of the most content some of the kids with the greatest joy you would just walk by and because you were one of the very few white people that they have ever seen in their entire life man they would just smile so big and they would want to come and just touch your skin I remember when Tina and I we went to the Philippines on a mission trip for the first time and she had her hair blonde it was different than what it is right now but they would just come up because everybody has black hair nobody has blonde hair where we went we were way down on Mindanao in the villages and they would just come up and they would just like they would just stroke her hair they would just be like and just big huge massive smiles we couldn't communicate verbally because they spoke one of the many dialects over in the Philippines and we don't know any of them and, but, but by the time it was done, the relationships that were formed were just so incredible and beautiful to, to, where, to where you had a bunch of girls that were just crying whenever, whenever we, we left that place. And I'm just saying that, that, that we put too much emphasis, and I love my things just as much as you love your things. And guess what? I still want more things. But we put way too much emphasis on the things, and we have forgotten the things that are so valuable and so important. Come on. The greatest commodity that you have is your time. And we give our time to things that just don't matter when we should be creating space to spend it with our families and with other people that are important. And I'll be the first to say I've been terrible at this, but I want to get better. God, help me to get better. Help me to get better because I've been too busy to too busy, too busy. I'm running all over the place and, and I'm too busy, but probably too busy doing things that don't have and are not as significant 
as other things that I ought to be about. I love this. Uh, <clears throat> let me give you a little Johnny joke. Little Johnny was, he was excited because there's a job in town that he wanted for a long period of time, and, and finally he got an interview set up, and, and uh, you know what I mean, he's dressed to the nines, and, but on the way to the interview, man, he's ran into slow drivers. Anybody ever get behind a slow driver? And why it is that slow drivers like to stay parallel with the other slow driver of all slow drivers on the whole road, why they like to visit there, I don't know. But you can't get around. And so anyway, he was doing this, got stopped by a train. And, and, um, and, and so little Johnny's stressing out. He's like, I really want this job. And little Johnny's not a religious person. He's not a churchgoer. But he's so stinking stressed out that he starts praying to the Lord because he pulls into the parking lot and every single parking space is just filled up. There's no parking. He's already, you know, almost running late. And if you can't show up on time to this is good for somebody. If you can't show up on time to an interview, you're probably not going to get the job. OK, so he's stressed out. And and uh, and and, and he, so he's, he's like, man, I'm just I don't know about that whole God thing, but let's see if he can if he can help me. He's like, God, if you're real, man, I tell I promise you, if you if you'll get me in there on time and create a space for me and help me out, then I'll, I'm going to go to church. God. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to start serving in that church. Promise, promise, promise. Then all of a sudden, somebody backs out and he says, "Never mind. I find I found one." Well, that didn't really go off as good as I thought it was going to. Maybe I should have practiced that a couple more times. But the truth is, as though as we as we oftentimes will treat God like that, man. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then all of a sudden. You know, things work out and we're not in trouble. And so we we kind of bail on those things. I love this in Daniel chapter. I'm just going to I'm going to because of time, Daniel chapter four and verse 30 through 32. Here you've got King King Nebuchadnezzar. He's looking out over his kingdom and he's celebrating himself. Man, look what I have done. Look what I look how great, you know, I am. And the Lord uh, God, you know, he said, oh, yeah, really? And so anyway, he, 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 he stripped his authority. He stripped everything that God had given to this, to this guy. He stripped it away from him. And, and you know the end of the story. If you don't, go ahead and read it. But for seven years, come on, he acted like an animal. He was, he was eating grass in the, in the field. And for seven years, God was showing um, King Nebuchadnezzar that, that, come on, every good thing comes from him. And, and, and there was a great work. And just some things, sometimes we need, to, we need to be reminded of that as well. Come on, you're not that good. And the good things that you have is because God God has been good to you. Let's love him and appreciate him because of them. Number three, we need to move from being separate to being connected. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's obvious. I will say this, that we are not a very connected people. Not as much as, as and, and I'm not saying let's go back to the, to the first church. But in the book of Acts, I mean, it shows us that, that people sold all their stuff. Listen, don't leave. I'm not asking you to sell your stuff and, and bring it and we'll distribute it. But I'm telling you, it's a beautiful picture of each, you know, the group taking care of the needs of, of each person. And, and there was real community. And all I'm saying is, is let's work towards 
getting better at building, building that community back and sharing life together. You know, the cooks, I just see them right here. I know this, that they do something that's super special um, that, that, that I've not seen a lot of. But every single Sunday, they, they, uh, uh, they get together at Grandma's house. They get together and they sing, they worship, they eat incredible food. Um, if you're going to go over there, if you're ever invited, take earplugs because this group, this group is a loud bunch. Um, yep, yep. But I'm telling you, they're committed. They're committed to sharing life, you know what I mean, together. And, um, and, and I just think that, you know, there's, there's more of that needed in, in our world. The Bible says that two are better than one. Not, you know, not only will it help you both be successful, but also if one of you has uh, an issue, one of you is in trouble, one of you falls into a ditch, then you've got the other to pull you out from that place. But woe to you who walk alone because you have nobody to help you. And I'm telling you, you may be trouble free right now, but we all know that trouble can come in a moment's time. And a lot of times trouble, when it shows up, come on, we're never ready for it. Nicole, I, I just, I, 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 I hope I'm okay with this, but I remember when I first moved here and, um, and I got to know your son real well. Uh, Diedrich was, was dear friends with Tyler. In fact, Tyler still looks up to, you know, to, to him. And, and uh, there was just the, the bond that a lot of those kids had. There was a group of them that were, that were together. And we're just celebrating the fact that, wow, great, my kids got good friends and whatnot. But I remember getting the phone call that there had been an accident only to find that, that, that Diedrich was in an accident and he lost his life that day. You, you can never prepare yourself for something like that. There, there's, no, there's no amount of preparation that when, when trouble comes, it's completely unexpected. But, but, but you know what? There's a blessing in number one, being connected with the Lord. Like some of you, the, the, the connection that you need to work on might not be with, you know, some a peer, but it might be with the Lord first and then with a peer. But praise the Lord. You know what I mean? Dietrich loved God. He would come over here every single Wednesday and every single Sunday from, from Twin Falls. That's where he was going. He was going back home. And, and, and so there was a real love for Jesus and the things of God. And mom and dad love God. And, and they're in the house and they're surrounded by people that while there's nothing that could have been said, I remember feeling so helpless just seeing her. And I, and I, I, I put my arms around her and did the same with, you know, with Jay and feeling completely hopeless as to what do I say at this moment. And I just knew there's nothing. Just be. Just be. So even though you can't, you can't take the pain, come on, you can support the person in the middle of the pain. And I'm saying that there's a lot of people that do life where they don't even have that. So what happens when tragedy, when, when, when terrible things come, come on, and, and, and they, they, they don't have anything. They're not connected. I praise the Lord that Jay and Nicole and their family is still absolutely committed and devoted to the things of God that has not been shaken whatsoever. And oh, by the way, God has used even Dietrich's life. I know in greater measure than we than, than we can't even understand right now. But God can take the worst of events and bring about some of the most incredible miracles. And while I would do anything to have that young man, how old would Dietrich be today? 26 years old. My goodness, it would be I would love to see where he was. I mean, or where he is 
if he was with us today. But I also have to trust, you know what I mean, that God is God. And, and he, is, he is still using that. I know for a fact he's still using that young man because I talk to my boys about it. And I'm just saying that, that, that trouble does come and life is hard, but we need to be connected. Amen. We need to, we need to share life together. Friends, the definition of friends is this. Friends are chosen family. There, there, there's family that you would unchoose if you could, but you can't. And there are friends that you have made that have been as close to anybody else in your family. And so friends are chosen family. And we just need to, we need to create space. The older I've gotten, the more I've realized that the, the people that I went to high school with, and I know many of them watch you know, uh, online, this be, has become some of their church, and, and they, they often watch. But I, I'm telling you, there's, there's a drive and a desire inside of me, you know what I mean, to to not only let these people know how important they are to me, but, uh, but God has shown me that, that, you know, important relationships way back when you were young are still important to you today. And so I've made a commitment, you know what I mean, to stay connected to, to some of my high school uh, peers. And the same thing in the United States Marine Corps. Many of you guys watch on, on, a, on a regular basis. And I want you to know that that, that you were some of the best friends that I've ever had. Never have I ever seen a camaraderie where, where it didn't matter, you know, what it was, that, that people would drop whatever it was and they would be there. And that's what we have, you know, together. But I want you to know that I am absolutely here for you and your relationship in my life is very, very valuable. And the greatest thing that I want you to know is that Jesus loves you and that he's got a plan for your life. You see, I plan on sharing life with you well beyond our 74 years that we're allotted on this planet, but I'd love to spend time with you. I believe there's some pretty cool things that we can do in the kingdom of heaven together, whatever that is. Maybe it's security. I don't know, but, but I just want you to know that you are important, and this church family, without question, is so vitally important to me, and sometimes, sometimes it's crazy how we can take even what God has done here and the beautiful things that we have with one another for granted, and I'm just telling you this, that I'm not going to do that any longer. I, 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 if I don't know you, I'd love to get to know you more and spend more time, you know, with you. And, and let's 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 do life and and encourage and be a blessing. Come on to one another. Once again, we're all better with each other. Amen. 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 How many of you know that your kids building relationships with other kids in this church is important? Right. right? Who knows? Maybe one of your children is going to marry somebody else that is in this. And you're like, well, they're just in kindergarten right now. That's a long time away. Well, listen, listen, it could happen. And so uh, I, I just feel like this. If that was to happen, they would be off on a pretty good foot because they're going to be equally yoked. Amen. All right. So let's move on. I'm taking way too much time. I'm just taking a bunch of liberty up here talking about stuff that I didn't talk about in first service, but that's okay. Number five, and this is our last one. Number five is this turn from coming to church to being the church, turn from coming to church to being the church. I want to share a scripture with you. Ephesians chapter four and verse 14. It says this, no prolonged infancies among us. We will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up 
and to know the whole truth and tell it in love. Like Christ in everything, we take our lead from Christ, who is the resource of everything that we do. He keeps us in step with one another. His very breath is the blood that flows through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up to be healthy in God and robust in love. I don't know if I even shared with you point four. Did I share with you point four? Okay, that was point four. I'm sharing with you point four right now. I'm just getting ahead of myself a little bit. Point number four is shift from going through life to growing in life. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to spend time. You're smart people. Get back to reading your Bible if you're not reading it on a regular basis. Like every single day, get, get some nutrients of God's word in your life. Also, something that I did for a long time that I haven't done in a long time is read a book outside of God's word. Like, like I, I got a, uh, there was a book that Pastor Daryl, he said, hey, listen, you got to check this out. So I ordered it I, and, and I'm going to I'm going to read it. But but listen, I encourage you to, to continue to grow um, during this time. So point five is, you know, turn from coming to church to being the church. Many people are doing an amazing job at this. This is more for those that are not um, great cool thing happened just this last week. Tina was in the office and she answered the phone and and there was a there was a Grace Church member, not on the phone, but a Grace Church member that had been talking to this lady that called in and just sharing the love of God with her. And so Tina gets this phone call and all she could hear is just crying on the line. I mean, just crying like, you know, you could it's like she's like automatically, isn't it crazy? You think what's wrong? Well, is everything all right? You know, but this lady is crying. She's like, listen, how do I give money? Tina's like, what? How do I give money? Because she and then she tells the story. She's like, there's there's a there's a person that goes to your church that that has just been so faithful in 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 sharing with me the love of God. And my life is different because of this this one person. And I just feel like I'm supposed to give some money to the probably never given to the church, doesn't know anything about a tithe, nothing about an offering. But she's moved and into tears just to just to give money. And so Tina was just able to encourage her for a little bit and pointed her to the, you know, to the website. And, 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 and so, but I mean, it's just wild and crazy how somebody, they move the church from being in here on Sunday or Wednesday and they move it to the outside and they, and they walk it out and they talk, they grind it out. They have the conversations and, and, and the next thing, you know, Holy Spirit changes the heart of a person. And I'm just reminding you, church, that you have the power of God with you every single time that you speak his word. You have the power of God every single time that you're obedient to the Holy Spirit saying, listen, go bless this person. I love the testimony, Autumn, of, of, of that person buying your groceries. And then all of a sudden you're at a point in place and like I've seen this before. And yes, Lord, if it was one hundred and sixty dollars. You'd have had to explain that to your husband. But if it was one hundred and sixty dollars, you would have taken care of it because of obedience. And even if it was three dollars, it still would have made a huge impact because Holy Spirit was leading you. Come on to be the church at that time. Amen. That's good. I want you to know that you are called church to be a city on a hill. To let your light so shine before men. And I'm telling you, we're in kind of a really awesome place because 
a little bit of light. And we I've, I've preached messages on this. It goes a long ways, man. We're in there's a lot of confusion, a lot of what I would call darkness around us. But boy, when you choose to say, you know what, I'm not going to get caught up, but I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be led by the spirit of God. Amen. God will use you. And listen, it's not too late. Some of you, you've removed yourself for whatever reason. In fact, I spent some time on this in the first service. I won't do it now. But why do people, you know, why are some people just happy with sitting and not getting involved? Not, not getting involved in this incredible nativity that we have. Not getting involved in teaching a class. Not getting involved in, in serving. Not getting involved in heading up a ministry. You know what I mean? Some of you have been like the call on your life has been so strong that at one point in time you knew exactly what it was, but maybe you were hurt or whatnot, but you're not doing that anymore. Some of you were so sold out for the kingdom of God and you saw people come to Jesus because of your obedience. But for whatever reason, you have removed yourself and I'm just telling you, I looked at Bob Dempsey today and I and I used him as an example to a generation. And I said, Bob, your life is God's not finished with your life until your life is finished. And I feel like there's a generation of people maybe that have that have that have said and there's a whole other bunch of problems in my generation. So I'm not picking on. Listen, we got all the issues in my generation like like we we've really come up short in my generation but the older generation a lot of the times they're saying listen I've done that I've taught the Sunday school classes and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that now it's time for somebody else and I'm just telling you God did miraculous things not only through the young people don't let anybody look down upon your youth but also the old people people in their 90s and and over a hundred years of age incredible miracles came through but yet but yet we get tired and worn out. And all I'm saying is, is that is that listen, man. Muster up some energy and make sure that you are investing into the advancement of the kingdom of God. Well, that church, it's just not it's not like the church used to be. You know, well, they just do things differently or man, you know what I mean? I would do it if they if they if they just had the organ playing, you know, on the on the stage and 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 or I would do it if it was like this or that. But it's not. The church is completely different. And so what you're saying, because the church might be different. I'm telling you, the mission is the same. But what you're saying is, is that God is too limited, too small. Come on to move through you in a completely different environment than what you're used to. And I'm saying that is the most foolish thing I've ever heard of, because if that was the truth, then there would never be any missionary that was ever effective because those people in Africa know how to better minister to their own people. But it is amazing when you take some guy that doesn't understand or some woman that doesn't understand a lick of the language and you position them in the midst of a people where their culture is completely different than anything that you've noticed. But you come out of faithfulness just to share how God has been good to you and you encourage the people you serve serve the people and you love the people and then you see the people's heart changed because of your willingness to go and just to be and to love and to serve and to do what it is that you're called to do it's not 
through your ability to convince them. It's not through your ability to be smarter. It's not through your ability to give more money. It's through your ability to be obedient to do what God called you to do way back here all the way through your life to the end of it here so that there's no regrets. Paul talked about it. He said, listen, help me, you know what, to finish my race strong. To, you know, don't let me just sprint. Have you ever seen a race? I've, I, I've done the race for grace here. I'm thinking I'm in pretty stinking good shape. I'm getting out to the front of the pack. And so I just I deplete every ounce of energy that I have from this parking lot to the first tree that we have. And I am completely spent. I might get in front of like one or two people in that, but everybody's passing me by the time, you know, by the time I get down here to this halfway mark, I'm in the back of the pack, Jack. And I'm just saying that God is interested in you. Come on, being being steady and and finishing well and 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 not getting too. This is why I said I got to quit this. I got to cut this down. But sometimes there will be a young man typically that will get fired up about the things of God. And they'll just be like, man, everything, everything, everything. And, I, and I'm like, I, like I, I stoked the fire, yes, and I encourage them, yes, but I also tell them, listen, man, this is a long race, and you don't want to burn out back here. You want to make sure that you're building this thing that, so that when the storms of life come and when somebody rejects you or when somebody says, all you've been doing is loving these people and serving these people, but when one of them turns around and bites you, that you don't, that you don't just run away, I ain't doing Doing that no more. That was the dumbest thing. That, and so now you've got an injury and a hurt because people are being people. And you're thinking that God doesn't love you no more because all you wanted to do is just show of his goodness. But people hurt you. I'm just saying you got to you got to get set up for the long haul, buddy, because the enemy will use things, too. Amen. All right. That's I'm done. I'm going to pray for you, though. If you'll just go ahead and stand to your feet just real quick, I want you to do me a favor and just just put your hands up like this, like you're going to receive something. What we're doing today is we're receiving the word of the Lord, that the spirit of God is connecting all the all the shortcomings that I shared, had in sharing it. Lord's bringing it all together. There's a challenge, and that is uh, multifaceted. um, Be the church. Continue to grow. Love and serve people. Get rid of sin. You got sin in your life. Now is the time, you know what I mean, to get rid of it. A lot of people don't know that you've got the sin in your life. This is for some people here. You got that hidden secret, that hidden sin. You know, you've been doing it. You've been getting away with it. You're thinking, hey, this is all right. But the Lord is telling you it's time to, it's time to, it's time to shake it off. It's time to get rid of it. Because it is limiting you. You know it divides you. You, you. you do it, whatever that is, and then you have a hard time. You know, it takes you a little bit longer to be able to worship. It takes you a little bit longer to feel the presence of the Lord. God hasn't removed his presence from you. You still feel it, but you giving way to this thing and opening your life to this thing it is limiting you, and you are not healthy. You're, you're running a race with a bad knee. And the Lord is saying, just shake it, get rid of it, repent of it, and, um, and, and, and then step 
into your purpose. Step into that thing that you know you're supposed to do. And if you don't know what that is, just get busy being a part of something that's making a difference in people's lives and advancing the kingdom of God. We'll find a place for you. But get now is the time. Step into that. Lord, I'm asking you that you that you love these people today as you do, that you serve them today, God, that you renew them today, that you restore them today, that you bless them today. Encourage them, Lord. Speak to them. Show yourself to them. Direct them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.